0: And welcome to another episode of the PD Performance Podcast. This podcast is a conversation with Owen Scullion. Owen is an Irish strength and conditioning and rugby coach living and working in Singapore. He has previously worked with the Melbourne Rebels and the Irish Rugby League team and is currently head coach of Wanderers RFC in Singapore. We have a chat about rugby in Singapore, his upcoming charity run across the island, mental health and mindfulness techniques and building the athlete-coach relationship. As always, I hope you enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it, remember to like it, share it, and send it. How you doing, mate? Up tip? Up riding? (laughs) Up tip, lad. (laughs) Uh, How's the day going? What have you been up to? Coaching?
1: Yeah, mate, it's been a bit of a long one today.
0: Early starts, um, in new
1: fit as per usual, so I typically start around 5, 5.30am, I'm in the gym uh, with my first client, so some days are very long, some days are quite short, so it's a bit of a mixed bag, a little bit of balance, which is good, so how are, how's
0: yours been mate? Yeah, good, different, it's all online, so you were messaging me like to jump on, but it's all just people, I don't know, it seems people message you either in the morning straight after work or in the evening with the online stuff and by the evening i mean they message you at half 10 11 o'clock at night and expect you to get back to them but i'm just like no way man um but like you have to get back to them within 12 hours so then you message them in the morning so it's a different type of busy i do miss the in-person coaching though i'm sure you're enjoying doing the in-person stuff
1: I am, yeah. I am. I'm quite lucky. I, I like all my clients. Um, I get along with them quite well. You know, you know yourself. You get some clients in your coaching career that you typically just don't bond with or get along well with. But like, I'm, I'm quite lucky that all mine are are really nice. And as as well as that, we we started rugby training a few weeks ago as well, which has been quite good to just have that interaction with with rugby boys again. this that that child childlike sort of humour. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so, exactly. Um,
1: How many groups
0: are you? Pretty,
1: groups of what? Um, so we're in groups of four. Uh, so uh, groups of eight. We started a touch rugby tournament at uh, Tanglin. Actually, me, Robbo, and, and other coaches um, were quite su- pleasantly surprised that the the buy-in for it was. And we put the onus on like the likes of uh, Robbie Rhea, uh, Robbie Trigard, um and a, a few of the other lads, Nick Austin, to really drive the you know, uptake of boys putting in teams for this. So we have two groups of. Uh, Eight teams, so Group A and Group B, just like a bit of a round robin kind of thing. And the finals series starts next week, so it's uh it's been fucking good to be fair. Some really, like, we've actually recruited some players from other clubs now to play for us next season, which has been, which has been quite um pleasing as well. So, how competitive
0: is it getting? How (laughs) narky? How narky is Nick getting on the pitch? Yeah. (laughs) Well,
1: um, mate, we we have um. I don't know if you know DJ. Uh, Paul Foden, he has been—he's an actual touch footy ref, and uh, he's been fucking—he's been pulling the boys into line like whenever they're like back chatting or not getting back the yard, saying. So um, and Nick bit so hard <laughs> with that uh, with DJ rapping. It was actually good to see like some of the boys like temperament on the field as well because uh, they've, they've not been on—they've not been playing any competitive sport for so long. So it's actually been quite good to see boys having a bit of niggle and wanting to win yeah it's been really
0: good sometimes actually. it's the lads that bite so much it's because they care so much Big time. and and like you want those type of characters within your team but at the same time you want to try and reduce the amount of times that they're going to bite because you know yourself yeah. you, you played nine as well and probably the same as myself like I could bite and bite and bite and eventually once you overstep that mark the ref just doesn't want to hear anything from you nah
1: yeah Nick Houston is definitely not the worst though. Rob Trigard is Robbie T. Yeah. He's the he's the uh, the worst for biting, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been good, mate. The boys have, uh, yeah, I've been getting along with them quite well. That excited just for a preseason to start, really. So. Yeah,
0: how realistic is it that there's going to be a season? Like, obviously, um, it's very difficult for you to to know, but you're you're preparing as if there will be. And when would yeah. you think that that will be?
1: So, um. I'm doing my level two coaching with, with the Singapore rugby at the moment and uh, there's a bit of chat about it start, the pre-season being able to start in September, mate. But that's still very provisional in early days to whether that's going to happen or not. But we're sort of preparing as if, you know, September is go time. We've spoken to a new um, S&C coach uh, to come on board. You maybe know of Annika.
0: Yes, she followed me last week. Yeah, she's she's new to
1: UFIT and um, she's very new as an SSE coach. I think it's probably um, she showed me some of her program and some of her ideas, and I think it's probably uh, a good place for her to learn and, and evolve as a coach and make some mistakes and learn from them. So, initially, Tom Clark was gonna keep doing that role, but he's he's a family man now, so he can't really commit the time. So, um, Anik has decided to step up, and and then I'll I'll also mentor and her boyfriend Aaron will uh, will obviously help her quite a bit too just um just sort of steer her just let her take control and then just if she needs any sort of mentor or advices just give her it when it's there so I think she'll be very
0: good it's a great environment for her to have a head coach who's also a strength conditioning coach and a boyfriend that's a strength conditioning coach as well so loads of people to bounce stuff off and ideas off and whatnot was Tom going to play or is he going to play
1: um, I'm kind of hopefully he will stick around. He's a good bloke, Tom. I've got a lot of yeah. time for Tom. Yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful we can keep people like him at the club, even if it, just as a supporter, mate, just um, keep him and his family around the club. It's hopefully, difficult, we'll...
0: isn't it, though, to play and coach at the same time. It's hard to strike a balance. And even when I was doing the S&C for Wanderers, and they were kind of at me to... Co- well, I was coming back from my ACL injury and they were at me to come back and play. And I just knew that my stress level was so high trying to get everything set up and having the sessions run well that I could have given I could have played and I could have S&C'd. But if I had done that, I would have been doing both at probably around a 60 percent level, whereas what you want to do is whatever you're doing, give 100 percent to it rather than being a subpar player and a subpar um, coach, well, it would have been a subpar player anyway, but <laughs> even at 100%. But uh, do you know what I mean? You want to be 100% yeah, of whatever you're doing. Give your all
1: to that role that you, uh, you undertake at the club, which is um, which is why I wanted an SC. I don't want to do any SC with this opportunity. Yet. I want to focus purely on the rugby. And it's a learning experience for me. I'm learning a lot on this level two course. The bloke at, um Singapore Rugby, Charlie Brown's done a great job with revamping. That, that whole course and especially with all the video analysis stuff it's quite new to me so yeah looking forward to implementing a lot of it for next year
0: you sent me the defensive system and I thought it was really really good really really fine detailed and yeah I thought it was class so you're obviously yeah. thriving a little bit within that role I learned how to use um, Keynote on, uh, on my Mac
1: yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah ages to work it out mate but uh, we got there in the end I, I got a bit of help uh with that mate, just running some ideas with with a coach a lot more experienced than me. And just a, a few zoom sessions with him and uh I was happy with it then. Just I, I know exactly how we're gonna build towards implementing that and uh what our sessions sort of need to look like. But again with that level two course, I'm learning different ways to approach like that game-based sort of learning as well, which is still quite new to me. Whenever I was playing, it was a lot of drills and then you'd go into units and uh, and then you'd come back for like team runs sort of stuff. It was not as structured as like r- relating everything back to a game format. It was just drills, drills, drills. And I guess it's a similar level to the level back in Ireland as well that I started playing at. So it was always just those drills, drills, drills. And then I guess when you move away from the actual rugby coaching and, and playing, you just do an C. You don't really take much notice of that game-based approach. And now looking back at my time uh, with the Taz and the Rebels, everything was game-based. And it was just like, fuck, yeah, right, now I get this sort of thing. So it's a, it's quite interesting.
0: It's a good learning experience, actually. It's way more enjoyable for the players as well. Hodges, Chris Hodges is another absolute nose with all that stuff. I know when we were with Tanglin, we'd rock up on a Sunday or whatever and Chris would be hanging out his arse, of course. But uh, <laughs> we would, it'd be just games with the lads. I'd just get them to enjoy it. And then we started to have some real breakthroughs with them and the, the good thing is that they start to make the decisions themselves they don't look to you for direction at all which sometimes it's hard to relinquish that kind of power as a coach over to the players but that's what you've got to do especially at the youth level and tran- if they can do it at a youth level when they transition into the senior level it's only going to benefit the team and benefit yeah. them so like yeah, a lot of stuff I do is game-based obviously you have to kind of strike a balance i've heard eddie jones going on before now i'm a big eddie jones fan nick Hirsten will be laughing at this like he thinks that thinks jones, i man. think i'm eddie jones but eddie jones on a podcast one time said it's guided discovery but sometimes you've got to just tell them as well because they don't fucking know like if yeah. <laughs> they don't know you gotta tell them at times so it's striking that balance between trying to draw it out of them and then sometimes telling them what the best option would be, but sometimes I'd like them to come to me first. But it depends on the actual player as well, which is what I was going to ask. In terms of that presentation that you gave and the real fine detail, I love all that stuff, but I know myself from my year working with Wanderers in Singapore, that works with a certain type of player and then there's an alternative type of player that just doesn't want to know about that. And typically it's the older heads are like, just fucking hit them. Just dominated yeah. like, you um, know? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, yeah. the likes of you know Tom I mean? and Nick Hurlston and all, and all the boys love direction and love what are we doing as a team and the why behind we're doing stuff. And then the likes of, like, Z German and whatnot just want to run one true lads and work hard. And you need a yeah. balance of the boat, I suppose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's so true. I reckon if we get 40% of the team bought into that, <laughs> into that spreadsheet into that PDF um,
0: then I'll be laughing <laughs> so it it must be difficult though I know you were doing a lot of theory with them because you couldn't do anything else what have been your strategies around facilitating that learning with the lads because obviously it's hard to show them what's going to happen when there's 15 lads on the field when they're only working in a group of four on four
1: yeah to be honest with you, Pete, it's we have seen a lot of value in having the four v four and and, and being able to profile different players because having such small sided games puts a bit more of a magnifying glass on what players doing. You know, are they defending space or def- defend their player? Like how often they're doing this? Uh, you sort of pick up on certain trends because um, we've been doing it for so many weeks now, and uh, we're starting to see trends in how certain players play, as well as like you, you sort of see how many drop balls there are what skills we really do need to like improve in different types of conditions. Like it was it was wet on Tuesday night. I've never seen so many fucking drop balls in my life. Two weeks ago it was it was a dry field and, you know, everything was spot on. So I think so we're sort of picking up on those sort of things. But in terms of implementing our strategies for like what we want to do next year, I just think it's too early yet to even start having those conversations well, I've had some conversations with um, some of the boys just purely around if they're staying or if they're going or if they're playing or not playing sort of thing. But with a little bit of like, here's what we're looking to do next season to sort of entice them into, into playing or, or just get them motivated to play. Um, but with, as a as a club and as a squad, I guess, we haven't really had much of an opportunity to speak at a broader scale to like, this is what we're doing sort of thing. This is what this is going to look like. So it's, I guess it's too early. Once we get the green light and a, a starting date, I guess that's when those conversations will start happening. But we've been told as well, like once once the, this preseason green light gets to go, it's going to be a three month preseason, and like we provisionally set out what we're wanting to do. I'm actually going to get David Wee into help as well, just the conditioning, like that that grappling sort of conditioning. And uh, we're hopefully going to go use his um, gym move to live, um, and get the boys really well conditioned so that we can try and avoid try and prevent injury as best as we can
0: <laughs> this so it's always um, worked like that doesn't it No. Nah.
1: it's so, probably going to be more trees boys will be putting on gloves when they get in
0: yeah but like you said there it sounds like you're using a very pat lamb approach at the moment it's skills and enjoyment and then you can work on the strategy after that but if the skills aren't there then if they're dropping the ball There's uh, no point knowing what they're going to do three phases down the line because you just turned it over, mate. It's a scrub. Yeah, just about
1: us being together as a club every Tuesday night and having a bit of fun. So that's pretty much what we're doing to try and just get more buy-in and and just enjoy being around each other, really.
0: That's rugby, isn't it? That's rugby. You want the common goal, and that's what you're trying to facilitate as a coach. But speaking of trying to get lads around to play in the mighty Oosh, Will Foden, are you on his case? Has he committed yet or what's the story? Uh, he's,
1: um, <laughs> he's, uh, he's going to come off the pine, I reckon, a few games. Right? <laughs> he's probably going to listen to this and be like, what? I am? <laughs> yeah. but, uh, he's a work in progress. I, I know he's itching to fucking play again, but he, I think he's thinking the same as what any PT does when they want to play rugby. Is that, am I going to get, you know, the, yeah. the youth or, uh, tarnish where you go on for five minutes and get injured and you know he's got business to run so he's got a lot to lose if he does get injured so i I get it but um i know he's pretty itchy to play again
0: it's difficult isn't it because obviously you just spoke about you to be up at half five and then you have a lot of clients and no matter if you're trying to de-stress you're it's a stressful job and you're not getting the proper sleep that you want to get you're fueling as best you can like we all do you're on your feet all day so you your recovery isn't optimal so as you said like what always happens is the guys that are telling people what to do to not get injured are the ones that go out and then get injured it's true mate um like um myself voting the other
1: rugby boys that you fit like they'll also when yourself can relate it's like you're you're working 5 30 to like 9 a.m you go up breakfast for an hour and then you're back up you back to back at 10 till like 5 or 6 pm, it is fucking chaotic, and then you're you by 6 pm comes, you're fucking starving, you don't want to go to rugby training to train, yeah. So, it's uh, for me, playing again would probably not be very realistic, um, not,
0: not yet, not at the moment, not at the moment. How but, is uh, how is the shoulder though? Because you had surgery uh, there. last year, was it? Yeah, is it like is um, it a year? yet? no, six months or so, is
1: it? Uh, it's um since uh november 25th <laughs> so how, however long ago that was <laughs> yeah i had both labrums uh, repaired and then supraspinatus repaired Um, it's still niggly mate i still go and see logan for uh for treatment and progression of exercise and stuff um as you know i'm preparing for a run across singapore 58 kilometers in uh in june i've been preparing for that and i've actually picked up some other niggles of um
0: i fucking, i fucked both my feet. You're in bits. So, you're in bits. <laughs> as you <laughs> would be from jumping to try and uh, run across Singapore. So how many kilometres is it and what weight of vest are you wearing? It's, uh, 58
1: kilometres and it's, uh, the vest is about 10, just under 10 kg. But then as well as that, mate, you're running with a camel back on with water in it. It's um, like I did north to south in, in September which is 36 kilometers and 12 kilometers in, I I, uh, I broke my right foot. Well, didn't break it completely. It was like a stress fracture. It was agony to run on the rest of it. Uh, so it was a mixture of like walking and running, which I, this this 58 kilometers will be exactly the same, except I'm going to be a bit more strategic. Nobody's going that.
0: to knock you for doing that, mate. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so, Edit that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... In terms of your progression, then, and your your programming, who's running that, or what are you doing in terms of running volume? So
1: uh, Will Foden's been uh, doing all my strength and conditioning stuff uh, for the last eighteen months, and it's uh it's been really good. Um, especially with the focus on getting prepped for this run. We sat down a few weeks ago, and we, you know, when my I hurt my foot, and we're just now focusing on getting a bit of an engine on the bike and. In their own machine sort of thing and, and just get my legs strong Um, i'm gonna start walking a bit more in the vest just to sort of condition my joints a bit more to so, uh, just try and spend a bit more time i'm gonna do a bike ride on, on on the bike erg on saturday for two hours wearing the vest just to get used to just being in it yeah sort of breathing in it would be breathing in it which is the fucking hardest thing mate is yeah. the, the the bouncing off the chest uh as you're running is painful not painful but just uh, it's very uncomfortable <laughs>
0: how are the how are the tendons coping? Do you know not too bad actually um
1: not 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 bad at all i've um the, the best thing that i've been doing for my my tendons and ligaments is uh started supplementing with collagen and i've never never supplemented with collagen before but pamela from you Uf- fit put me onto uh especially with my shoulder and i've noticed a big difference in um in my joints especially just how how good they're feeling. So, yeah, but it's, you know, just asking all these different people for help. Yeah. Like, you know, Kamala, I was, I was just
0: about to say, yeah, uh, it's good. It's good being in there at the same time, isn't it? Because <laughs> I was about to say, like, yeah, you, you're paying Foden for the programming or whatever, but he's there when you're doing the session as well. So yeah. he sees and he yeah. holds you accountable there, but you don't have to pay him for the one-on-one, which is good. He's uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, got my case, mate. He fucking sent me, me a message the other day been like, look, mate, I know you're shagging your missus all the time, but you need to get these <laughs> sessions done. <laughs> like, fucking hell, mate. Like, um, right. he, he's, done, he's been very good, mate. He's, um, yeah, he, he's been an awesome coach the last 18 months. That's uh, that
0: coach-athlete relationship right there. He knows exactly yeah. what to say to, and the type of person that you are. Well, you're working with him as well, so you know each other inside yeah. out. But then you have yeah. Logan looking after your physio and yeah. you have Pamela then for nutrition and you just... Uh, Pamela, uh, what do you think about uh, such and such? And you're getting all these different bits yeah. of information for everyone. So, quite, mate, yeah. you're going to do it. You've got to do it. So, what are you yeah. doing to run in aid of?
1: So, um, when we started doing the North to South run, literally when we took off on the run from the yacht club in the most northern point of Singapore, I was running next to this guy, Sam Palmer. and He said to me about his dad having a brain tumour. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear And We're you know, running along this river when he was telling me. And he said, yeah, I'm actually flying back on Wednesday because um, he's not going to last very long. He's going to die. So this is why we've been raising money for cancer research. I was like, fucking hell. So ever since then, me and Sam have developed a very good friendship. And you know, we kept in touch whenever he we went back over to the UK. And now he's back in Singapore. And when he got back, I was like, why don't we do something a bit bigger this time and, and try and raise more money for uh, cancer research? So um, that's how it all came about, and we've what started off as a small group of eight has now turned into sixteen. So we've got two groups of eight doing this run. We'll all lose each other on the way. <laughs> uh, and I was catching up with Robbie Trigard one day, and he mentioned to me about his dad passing away from motor neuron disease. So I was just like, well, these are two big whys that we can we can do something like really really challenging and raise a lot of money for. Uh, charities to help people have these conditions. So um we're doing it for Singapore Cancer uh, Society and Motor Neuron Disease Association in the UK. Um, but from what I believe they support a lot of motor neuron disease um charities around the world Don't as worry.
0: well. I'm not like I am a rebel, but I'm not gonna knock you for doing it for the UK uh, motor <laughs> neurons <laughs> disease. is still charity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's good to have that why, isn't it? You need that why right. to drive you on.
1: Absolutely, mate. Um, whenever we were on the run, uh, north to south, when Sam said that to me, I was like, "Fuck, I have to finish this run now." Like, because it's not about me anymore. It's about it's about Sam's dad. So yeah, I think it's just um, trying to do a bit to help as well as challenge ourselves and, and do something great that when we grow up and have kids, whatever, we can tell them that we did this. I sort of think so personally it's it's probably a, more of a mental health thing selfishly is just to prove something to myself just that i can do something that tough yeah I, I look at Dylan i look at Foden not to compare myself just that they they inspire me to like i can get to that level so sort i of think so i just really want to yeah do something take off and just and then it's next job kind of thing just what's more challenging than that so
0: yeah bit but, of grief um, you're in the right environment for people that like punishing themselves and putting themselves through <laughs> crazy amounts of torture for mental strength, aren't you? Yeah, mate. I
1: mean, fucking Foden goes and gets beaten up by three or four times a week at BJJ and then uh, Dylan's a CrossFitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it'd be good, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, uh, well, I'm not looking forward to it. It's going to be probably the toughest thing
0: I've ever done. But um, You'll smash crossed. it, mate. You'll smash it. Don't worry trust the process and you get there you're in good hands and you're able to look after yourself and as you said there in terms of mental strength and mental health it seems like you're in a good place and a good frame of mind to go at something like that so what we might follow on with is you've been an advocate for mental health men's mental health specifically in the past what sort of strategies are you using yourself to look after your own mental health and then how are you implementing those strategies or different strategies with your clients and athletes? Um, yeah. To be honest with you, mate. Um,
1: it's, Shagging uh, it's is fe- one
0: of them. You just said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was saying. <laughs> uh, I guess it's sort of cliche, mate, but uh, you know, talking about it is, uh, you know, when you, when you're feeling like shit and feeling like, you know, every day is a grand hog day. Um, definitely helps. It's definitely helped me with uh, having the likes of Foden, Dylan, uh, even my friends back in Melbourne to reach out to and just chat shit and just tell them what's going on, sort of thing. Uh, my my best mate back in Melbourne, uh, Maradona, Simo Maradona, my ad, uh, not the Maradona. Me um, uh, and him catch up probably fortnightly, properly, on a FaceTime call just to just to chat. about mental health, really. We've, well, Maradona started a mental health organisation back in Melbourne that I got really involved in, which was awesome. And he's still driving it and still pushing it, and, and he works like. 20 different jobs just so he can fund this mental health organization that he's very passionate about but in terms of strategies mate um talking about it definitely helps um i've started writing down in a journal recently which has been which has been very very i didn't realize like I, i've always sort of wrote down little notes here and there but actually really going in depth and and uh, elaborating on things has been quite helpful and it's something so simple as well it just feels like every day I can I can lift the weight off my shoulders. <laughs> so, you know, if someone looked at me the wrong way today, like, <laughs> The world's against me. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. That's the way it goes. It is um, good though because as men, the two things that you you touched on there—one talking about it, and the second thing writing it down—and as men, sometimes we struggle to verbalise how we're feeling and why we're feeling that way. And yeah. I think typically strength and coaches are very rational type thinkers. So it helps in terms of our own mental health to rationalize the situation as best as we can and then put in a strategy that's going to change the way that we're feeling. But what I've been taught by Sam Portland is sometimes there comes a point where you need to just fucking stop rationalizing everything and just feel whatever you're feeling, I suppose. And just give yourself that time to feel that way because you're entitled to it. And then try and move past it. So rather than going with the head all the time, go with your heart at times too, to go on wishy washy.
1: No, it's not. It's it's spot on, mate. And um, as I said, like reaching out to your friends or uh, just even talking about it to your friends. And I'm quite lucky. I've got quite a a supportive partner. She's been really good. Whenever I've come home and fuck, I've just taken my clients' problems that they've unloaded to me and sort of hanging in. Yeah, she's been very, very good um, with talking to her about stuff as well. It's just, I think, talking about it is so powerful, mate, in, in, in helping uh, improve your, your mental health. Another thing, mate, for me is, um, is actually listening to music and just zoning out. Going for a walk, getting outside nature and just zoning out and just listening to music. That was one of my favorite things to do when I was playing rugby as well, uh, pre and post game. Pre yes. game, yes. <laughs> game is listening to fucking gladiator soundtrack. track,
0: yes. After the game, yes. After the game, was listening
1: to fucking rave.
0: <laughs> what, what's the one uh, when he's in the field? Great, yeah,
1: yeah, mate. So it's um, I, I really, really rate listening to music as a strategy to improve your mental health
0: 100%. Um, it's therapy, like. It's easy neglected when you're working in a gym like you are with clients all day because you are yeah. technically listening to music. But yeah, now I, I used to kind of grab a hold of the, the aux cord or whatever when I went in, but still I wouldn't be allowed to put on the stuff that I wanted to put on all the time. You know, yeah. like I can't put on Luke Kelly when everybody's in there every day, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, same thing with me. I find uh, if I'm not listening to music every day, sometimes my mood will dip and I'm like what am I doing differently and just from something that small so now I'm very process orientated as you probably can guess and I like one of my things on my to-do list is to listen to a new album or a new genre every day and you just yeah, go down yeah. a little rabbit hole and it and puts the onus on Instagram you Instagram, yeah. I share it on my Instagram for everybody else <laughs> so I'm in a reggae kind of mood at the moment trying to chill I've out
1: Bob Marley this morning eh? yeah
0: yeah yeah <laughs> Um, just hopefully somebody will enjoy it as well I guess um, absolutely. absolutely yeah um, so the, the thing that you touched on that I'd like to move into is your clients are unloading on you their problems and that's something they don't tell you when you're doing your education for for your role or whatever in s c in coaching in whatever is you're a therapist as well at the same time
1: yeah, big time, mate. And like, it's not even just as a one-to-one PT. Like, my time as a strength conditioning coach with uh, with teams in, in Australia, like, players come to you because they they know like and trust you because you're writing the programs, you're communicating to them all the time. You, you're looking after their well-being number one as well. So you you build that trust with people, and they um they really confide in you in a lot of things. And it, I, it's so apt that we're bringing this up now because I had a client this morning. Tell me that she loves just talking to me about the stuff that she's got going on. And that I feel like it's a counseling session as well as a buddy training session. And I, am pretty good with it, mate. I got, I've, I, I used to take a home and, and, and really take on other people's problems, but now I've sort of gotten myself out of that to the point that it's like, um, yeah, I really do genuinely give a shit and I'll send them a message to check in on them. So sort I of think, but there's only so much I can do in that hour and, you know via a message as well um, and just that's just listen to them and just be there for them and and uh, really sure that I do gen- genuinely care about them but it is I think the the trait that is most under sort of valued as a coach is to have that empathy for the the person that you're coaching and just just empathy in general I think it's so- something that's with the with the Instagram sort of guru and PTs that are evolving now it's it's something that's kind of lost people are just sort of personal training to build a personal brand they think that just um you know personal training is about me looking good the pt looking good and it's like you see it so frequently on the gram people are not worried about what their clients doing so much they're worried about the message that they are trying to portray themselves on a a social media post but it Um, sounds
0: like you're really um doing a good job of building that connection between your your athlete or client and the coach because they are confiding in you so that's 100% um, what being a coach is
1: yeah and that's something I think it's um I noticed some of your questions about like advice I'd give to someone that's probably just if you're not empathetic don't become a coach go do something software engineering or something but I think that the first and foremost thing you need to be as a personal trainer or a coach is, uh, is be empathetic me genuinely caring about the person you're coaching and I love the relationships I've got with my clients. I go out and socialize with a lot of them. You know, I'm quite lucky that I feel like I'm coaching friends rather than just clients. You know, so it's um, it's been very very good. That I'm very very lucky in that sense because I know there's a lot of horror stories with there uh, yeah. with some other coaches and things like that with in terms of clientele. But um,
0: but you got to go through that to get to the level that you're at too, and that's a testament to how good you are. That the clients that you build that connection with are the ones that you retain as well. So. Yeah. Um, then you end up with all of them at the end after a while
1: yeah I think like I haven't had much of a turnover of clients really Uh, the clients I've lost um, and this is not a brag around but like the clients I've lost literally just because they've left the country or one just wanted to move move to another gym other than that I've I've kept everyone which I was very very fortunate
0: fortunate to say and being as busy as I am which is you're not you're not bragging don't worry you're not the worst bloke I know anyway don't worry (laughs) um but, but uh, in terms of being that therapist and as you said as a coach sometimes the problem is caring too much whether that be in rugby or being with a general population client and taking that home with you and then you wear it and you you you're shattered and then yeah. unfortunately if you do that then the next day you go in, you're not going to give that them that 100% care, that 100% level of you. So something that I've had to do of late is sort myself out before I go sorting somebody else out. Yeah, 100%, mate. And uh, you can't pour from
1: an empty cup. So,
0: yeah, definitely agree with that. So obviously it sounds like what you do to sort yourself out is a lot to do with you're training and looking after your body and looking after your mind as well on the downtime. But obviously a lot of your loves are still in Australia, as you said earlier. What are you missing most about Australia at the moment? Is it coffee and brunch or is it your dog or is it surfing? Um, My dog. Definitely mate. Yeah. Yeah. My dog a lot, mate.
1: I um It's funny. I have this conversation with Foden all the time because he's left his dog back in the UK. Mate, me, me and that dog went through a lot together. I fucking love that dog so much. Um, whenever I moved over here, I would call my mate that's looking after her every fortnight, and she would hear my voice, and she'd run to the fridge and grab the lead and think we're, I was taking her for a walk. She'd go fucking nuts. I could hear her, like, crying and going ape shit. But But maybe three months ago, I said, I can't do this anymore. I was leaving those phone calls just emotionally exhausting. yeah so i just uh yeah i miss my dog the most mate she she's um she was the best i miss surfing a lot i haven't been It's the longest i've been out of the water for quite some time uh coffee and that's good there mate you've the,
0: been to the melbourne? coffee i haven't been to melbourne but i've been to sydney and i've heard melbourne is a different story altogether to sydney just so that i don't uh i don't offend anybody here well <laughs> You know yourself, I don't really give a bollocks if I offend anyone anyway. <laughs> um, but um like I I thought the coffee and the brunch in Singapore was quite good. And then when I went over to Australia and Sydney, I was like, geez, this is different gravy. So if Sydney's better than Singapore and Melbourne's better than Sydney, I can't even imagine how good it is in Melbourne.
1: It's unbelievable the the choice and the and the way they go about things in Melbourne for like brunch, like coffee. All the pastries you can get, the pancakes. Oh, fucking pancakes in Melbourne are
0: unbelievable as well.
1: Yeah, dog, and then uh, pancakes in <laughs> Melbourne,
0: and then serpent. That's that's probably the order I go in, mate. That but, connection, um, man, and dog, though. There's nothing like it. Like, like even no. my dogs are down in Tiff. I'm up in Dublin now, and I miss them incredibly too. Um, yeah. you can't, you can't replicate it. And as you said, you go through stuff; they go through it with you. They can pick up on it. They know exactly when something's wrong. Um, it's, uh, yeah, you're right, man's best friend, right? Exactly. Yeah. But did you get vaccinated yet? So hopefully you will get to go over there soon enough, depending yeah. on what we consider soon.
1: Yeah, uh, we've been vaccinated, but um, yeah, I can't see us being able to travel until at least 22, to be honest with you. I don't think they're going to take many chances. We're sort of hopeful to go back to the UK for um, Foden's wedding and, and maybe spend a month traveling around a little bit. Probably just go to Temple
0: Bar and Dublin for a month. Go <laughs> okay there, mate. you spend spending fucking fortune. <laughs> I'll bring you. I'll bring you somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but yeah, like uh, it's it is rough, but you've got to be optimistic. You just got to be optimistic, or else yeah. you've got to be. I hate the word but you've got to be fairly stoic about it and just um take it as it is do the best yeah. you can and get on with it and try to enjoy everything as much as you can within the constraints that are on us and it sounds like you're doing that it sounds like you're enjoying the coaching it sounds like you're enjoying the training uh sounds like you're enjoying the relationship definitely and it is what it is isn't
1: it yeah that's no, um to be honest you, I have no complaints really at the moment. Um everything's coming up no house over here um, with um, the things I'm sort of pursuing at the moment and things I'm working on at the moment um, with the run, the relationship, you know, sort of the kind of lucky stars that, you know, this time last year we were in lockdown earning fuck all money. A lot of us were alone in lockdown as well. So yeah, you kind of sort of have to be grateful for the stage we're at now. So sort I of think we're able to work. There's still some places not able to work. And one of my good friends actually in Argentina, he's um he's a mental skills coach he's worked with some great teams around the world he um he is let's say Ali's in his late 60s and he got COVID last week and is is still in a very 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 bad way so it's like you can't really be too down if if I'm still able to go out and meet some friends for coffee here there's people in Argentina and it's you know all over the place that still can't even leave the house yet sort of thing or, or they're getting COVID and so yeah it's uh yeah you kind of have to be grateful for the position we're in
0: gratitude it went through a little bit on instagram there for a while of a phase but obviously when it goes through the phase i fucking hate it <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and i hate on it but i started practicing it in the yeah. last month or whatever and yeah I
1: was, I, I was gonna bring it up i was like ah he's gonna fucking hate me saying gratitude as a strategy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, but that, everybody gets that impression, but I'm so much more than just a rant and irate strength and conditioning coach. You know, there's a bit of depth there as well. Um, no I just fucking take the piss out of everything. But,
1: you're having fun but, with it, mate. And, um, and it's, it's some of the stuff you, you're saying what we're all thinking, really, to be honest with you. So. Yeah.
0: Like, to come back to the gratitude, even just writing down, or not even writing down, but thinking about three things, that you're grateful for every day. It sounds a bit wishy-washy, but how I got myself around to doing it was another strength and conditioning coach uh, told me what uh, process he went through and he made it a very kind of sports science So he logged three things every day for about 80 days or something, he said. And then he made a graph of what kept coming up the most. And then whenever, so the top three, whenever he was feeling down, he went back to the graph. So that's like a little yep. experiment in itself, and it's kind of
1: a virgin or what, like what? <laughs> a virgin or something. He's it a strength
0: conditioning coach. We're all <laughs> fucking nerds at the end of the day, but I thought that that was a good way of getting yourself around to doing yeah. it, and I, I did it for a little while. I'm not doing it as much anymore, but maybe I I should practice it a little bit more. Is it right. is it something that you definitely do as well? Yeah, when I, when I write in my journal, I, I typically
1: finish it off with saying, just writing down what I'm grateful for. It, it can be three things, it can be 10 things some days. And it's usually the same things that pop up. But I think there's just a lot of power in just writing them down and just sort of reflecting on what you are grateful for. I've been doing that for quite a while now, uh, just thinking, even just thinking about it, or and just more recently, just writing it down.
0: You're in control of your, your emotions, obviously. And that's important. Right. Trying I'm to very, be well well, we all are too an extent. Much I person, so I, I have I've had I've had to learn how to try and control them. Sometimes you just gotta let them go though as well, don't
1: you? Absolutely, mate, one hundred percent. Um I've actually recently started working with um an NLP coach, which I never knew anything about until recently. It was it was actually Foden, uh, Will Foden put me in touch with this guy and it's been a fucking game changer with some of the, some of the stuff he's like really picking apart and explaining it to me. Uh, one of the things he was like initially suggested at the very start was to the gratitude thing get into a habit of it so yeah
0: <laughs> we get, sometimes we can be a little bit macho and not even consider these things but do you know what just give it a go and if it's yeah. not for you then you just don't have to do it anymore you know
1: yeah exactly
0: I suppose we'll move on to the quickfire questions if you're happy enough with what we've touched on so far anything you'd like to touch on
1: i'm happy enough mate um this has been good chatting but yeah let's let's describe one of these quick five questions eh?
0: sweet uh so what's your proudest achievement to date
1: proudest achievement today probably that north to south run mate because it was fucking tough in the heat in the best
0: um the cause that we ran for uh, i was very proud of that yeah that's a testament to your character then that you just jumped it on um, for another little bit of progressive overload this time, <laughs> make it harder. you would be running around the world in no time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, next one is favourite rugby player of all time. Oh, mate, Um, that's a tough one. Probably Dwayne Vermeulen. Dwayne Vermeulen, yeah. Interesting. You'd like to yeah. play behind him if you were playing um, nine, I suppose, and he's playing eight. Um
1: Yeah, mate, he's just, uh, i actually met him before, he, just a, a lovely bloke, really, I think he's a very good role model, just plays the game hard, and is just a, a big softy off it.
0: Um, he plays the game harder than anyone, I think. Absolutely, mate,
1: he's fucking savage, and just, he, he plays fair as well, so.
0: Yeah, but he's one of those players that even professional rugby players, you can see them being like, ah, oh, fuck this, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much.
1: I would not want to play against him for that way but um, yeah he'd be my, I think he's my favourite of all, all time close second would probably be Scott Burger, another yep. South African yeah I like the South African players I like the way they play
0: yeah so that's what you want to get out of Rob T this, sh- this season is it? <laughs> that kind of <laughs> style of play it's a work in progress less eye gouging though <laughs> yeah less eye gouging definitely <laughs> uh, next one who's going to win in the fight Griller or Grizzly Bear Grizzly Bear, yeah, I think that's <laughs> eight two now, eight two or something like that. So, I think I'm going to round it off. I think you're going to be the winning, the winning one. That'll be the end of that question. Um, yeah. We've confirmed it. Or if anybody yeah. wants to confirm it, they can let us know. Did
1: David, where you say Grizzly Bear? Yeah, did he come
0: on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's going to play you in the movie? Uh,
1: play me in the movie, probably, um, probably Dwayne Johnson. Just. For look-alike reasons.
0: <laughs> the way it vests fit on them, though. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to oh, get a makeshift wood. You'll need to go some carbs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's your drink? What do you drink? Are, are you going to say oh, Guinness?
1: Nah, I'm going to say uh, there's, there's a beer in Australia called Stone and Wood that I fucking love, mate. It's, uh, it's a bit of a fruity beer. By fruity, I don't mean gay. It's um, <laughs> it's it's literally it's quite um, it's a craft beer. It's, it's lovely. Though. It's like a Pacific ale. I love drinking that, mate. Um, my oh, missus you are
0: like, you that fucking couple of years in Melbourne made you full it, hipster, it, it, didn't it?
1: It gets worse. It gets worse. My missus got me into these um, these drinks recently called hard seltzers, which is oh, pretty no. much.
0: Have you heard? Yeah, I know it there.
1: I know it there. <laughs> how much soda water uh lime and vodka in a can
0: yeah white claw white claw
1: Uh, skinny bitches skinny (laughs)
0: bitches yeah no not for me but i can i i can understand why some would enjoy them what meal or food are you loving at the moment
1: to be honest with you mate and this is not a, a plug of any sort but i get Nutrify delivered to me every week since july I always tell them what macros I need sort of thing and they, they're pretty good to, uh, to customise the meals for me. They're always of a high quality so they do very good um, protein muffins also so I, I like their meals. Mostly the
0: the beef dishes that they send me. So, Are you doing high carb or high fat at the moment?
1: Um, high carb, mate. High carb. Yeah,
0: just I'm not an endurance athlete so yeah. We're, we're just high fat isn't it. fun either. High carb
1: is fun. Yeah, Absolutely. I fat, mate, it makes me feel like real greasy all the
0: time, you know, mm. like like sickly, so uh, stuck with the carbs. Then right. So. Moving on to what artists have you been listening to a lot recently, other than the tune of the day, which obviously you're a big fan of? Big fan, mate. Mate, um, I listen
1: to mostly Fools or Hot Since 82, two different ends of the spectrum. One's really deep house, the other one's rock music, so... I listen. to Typically,
0: cycle between those two every day. It's good to have the mix as well. Yeah, yeah. You good. get sick of the same stuff in the gym as well all the time. Yeah.
1: Nice. someone we listen, We typically listen to a lot of uh, deep house music at, at, at Club Street, and it's just it was nice this morning. Someone put on Red Hot Chili
0: Peppers, and then started looking around and people's knees are, you know, heads going. So it's nice for a change. You've got to vary it. You've got to vary it. Like we were talking myself and dave about you'd know who had been in first based on the music that's playing but Same everybody way. plays quite different stuff but everybody yeah. likes each other's stuff as well which is good so dave yeah. would always have disco on henry would always have like 70s rock uh tom yeah. w- tom would have asher uh, sure. you know he's manchester so it's always like oasis etc stone yeah. roses and then geez as you can see from the tune of the day i could have fucking anything on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, nah, same.
1: It's you know who's in first, and when you when you hear what music's on, if it's if it's bloody reggae it's it's Sarah May's music. So I think like we need
0: less Drake in the fitness industry, please. It's all <laughs> Drake, all the reels are Drake, Drake, Drake. Like oh, he's good at right. everything, but I think I'm we've fucking wearing him out. <laughs> so next one, I know you're a massive reader. What books have you been reading lately?
1: So I've been reading, nearly finished reading uh, Razor Game by Allen Stein Jr. He's um, a high-performance coach in the States, works with a lot of uh, basketball and baseball teams. Uh, I'm currently reading, mate, and I can't put it down, is uh, Limitless by Jim Quick. Um It's all about brain health and you know learning how to learn, essentially. Uh, I'm actually really loving it. It's a uh, very... Like, in the last year, mate, I got a bit sick of reading. My goal for this year was to read less. Yeah, I've seen, so, yeah. Your,
0: I've seen your library from last year. I was like, Jesus, that's a
1: yeah, lot. I love reading, mate. Um, well, it was, it was good that I read recently. Mate, pr- pretty much, like, your typical fucking, like, extreme ownership and bloody yeah. all that stuff. I, I like all that stuff. The stuff you sort of revisit. You probably got peaked by Dr. Mark Bubbs. Yeah. Um, so I went through that not so long ago as well yeah just the your, your usual ones that
0: sometimes you can you can overdo it with those type of books too though can't you big time
1: mate hey, it's and that's why my goal is here is to read less because there's only so much like personal development sports science and sort of books you can read they're all sort of relaying the same message that hero's journey sort of stuff and yeah and then you know the exercise science stuff like it's it's all stuff of touched on at university or or yeah. somewhere or something before so it's kind of like a bit of exhaustion from reading but that uh raise your game by alan stein jr and limited have been quite you know hard to quite put good. down is it all review. non
0: nonfiction though typically that you read yeah, I typically read nonfiction and
1: business sort of books mate yeah i'm actually uh, waiting on eddie jones biography to arrive
0: uh, so i'm pretty keen to get into that too so the last question <laughs> is the biggest one what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Oh, mate, just things
1: are not that fucking bad, mate. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'd tell myself then. Uh, I was hard work back then, mate. I lived life with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. So, yeah, I'd probably
0: just say to chill out a little bit. Well, I'm sure all the listeners will say that you're incredibly chilled out now. And uh, that was a great chat. Really, really enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on, yeah, man. Mate
1: nah thanks I enjoyed that too it's a pleasure to, to catch up with you as well Pete as always the Wanderers boys are definitely missing your uh, your
0: input and contribution to the club so um, yeah mate we're missing you badly out here well I'm sure I'll be back and I'll see eventually and I would love to come down to training and give a handout
1: appreciate it mate I'll, uh, I'll catch you soon all right?